Hello and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 47, where this week we're looking at premium bonds. More on that in just a second, but you're in exactly the right place to research for other financial advice as well, because in our programs to date, we've covered mortgages, insurances, pensions, investments, help to buy schemes, and loads more. You name it, we've done it pretty much. And last week, we focused on credit unions. We can drill down and look at pretty much anything forensically, but if you've got a general financial query, first place to look is probably our back catalogue. Search the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll find us there. An enormous resource, all available for free. Find our previous shows after listening to this one and have a binge on what you need. While you're there, if you could rate and review us, for instance, you could tell us what we need to address to help you out and follow the show. And that way, you'll get that episode when we record it next time. I'm John Millis, and with me as always, the star of our show, it's Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How are you today? Good, thank you. Now, this is show 47, and we're now reaching that stage where I struggle to remember exactly what we've done and where along the way. But I know I have definitely uttered the words premium bonds on an episode before now other than that i've got little recall so probably about time we did a recap phil so what exactly is a premium bond it's funny you say that because i i was exactly the same i i thought we've mentioned premium bonds but it might have just been <laughs> it, it must have been one of the questions that somebody asked at one point could have been because yeah. I, I actually went through every single show and i thought if we've done one on premium bonds and then i seen what hadn't so I thought, oh, we'll, we'll do one on, just specifically on premium bonds. But, yeah. but probably the best way to describe a premium bond, it's it's a kind of savings account or, or savings bond where your capital is, is fully guaranteed. So, so that's the, the first point to, to note with them. But unlike if you had a bank or building society account where you get paid interest, the difference with premium bonds is all that interest goes into a prize pot and it's paid out as prizes. So instead of getting interest on your account, you've got the chance of, of winning a prize. So that, that's kind of how it differs from a normal savings account. But basically, a premium bond is really just a, a savings account, but not one you get paid interest. It's one that you may win prizes on. Who's who's responsible for them, Phil? Is it is it government-backed? And, um, and how do I go about getting them? Yeah, pre- premium bonds are done through what's called National Savings and Investments, or sometimes known as NSI, and that's backed by Her Majesty's Treasury. So that, that's what kind of premium bonds are. It used to be that, that premium bonds, you, you could take them out previously at the post office, but they, they've stopped doing that now. But for, for the premium bonds, you can take them out online. That, that's probably the most popular way now. You can do it over the telephone as well. So that, that would be the main ways that, that people would take them out. Um, are there minimum and maximum amounts that you can put in? There is. The minimum now is £25. It used to actually be less than that. So some people who've maybe got old premium bonds might have ones to the value of £5 or or £10. But the minimum now is is £25. The maximum that you can put in is £50,000. Now that's per person. So so let's say you've got a couple that's got considerable wealth. They, They could do one each. So as a couple, they could put in 100,000 total, but 50,000 is the maximum that any one person can can put into premium bonds. Okay, and how safe is my money there, Phil? How easy is it to access if I need it? 
The, the good thing with premium bonds is that your money is easy accessible. Now, it might take a day or two. If you needed the money out, you need to either do a withdrawal online or phone them up and, and get the money. So it might take a day or two to, to hit your account, but the money is really instantly accessible there. National Savings, they, they've got an online service, and I mentioned they've also got the, the telephone service as well. So you would just contact them to, to cash in your investment. As I mentioned earlier, you used to be able to open and close premium bonds at the post office, but they've stopped doing that. When it comes to how safe is your money? Now, one of the things in previous shows I've mentioned about the financial services compensation scheme. If you've got money with a bank or building society, it's usually covered up to 85000 per person. One, one of the slight differences with NS&I investments is because they're backed by Her Majesty's Treasury, 100% of your savings are protected should you have national savings and investments accounts, and that includes the, the premium bonds as well. So you're actually, let, let's say you've got 50,000 in a premium bond and 50,000 in another national savings account, you, you're actually fully protected for a 100% of any monies that you've got with, with the national savings and investments. That's good. That's something I didn't know. What's the, um? you mentioned prizes. So instead of paying out interest, they, they pay out prizes. What's the likelihood of winning, Phil? I mean, I, I imagine you probably got a better chance of winning than the lottery, but it's going to pay far less out than the lottery. The, the odds are really poor, you know. I mean, like really? you, you look at the, the, the yeah, I mean, I, the, the odds at the minute, see, because interest rates have been going down, the prize pot has gone down. So, the, the prize pot's not as, as big at the minute as what it used to be. So the odds in winning a prize are 34,500 to one. So, so for every one pound bond, so it is, it, it just, the, the odds are, are really quite poor. So for every one pound bond that you have, it's 34,500 to one that you'll win something. What, what you're effectively doing is gambling with the interest that you would have made had it been in a normal bank or building society account. Now, at the minute, interest rates are, are pretty low, so so folk are not really gambling with, with much, to be fair. But yeah, the, the odds they're just they're not that great on on winning, to be honest. I suppose the reverse of it is because the interest rates are so low, you're not losing that much either. I mean, on, yeah, if that's you, it. I know. Yeah. The, if if you were to win the top prize. The top prize is a million pounds. So oh, if, if, if you win that, you'd be delighted. That's it. I know that's a lot more than you would get in the, the banker building society. For yeah. Years. Yeah. That's exactly what I was about to ask as well. How, how does that price? I seem to remember, right? Where, and when I think of premium bonds, I think of them as being almost oldie worldy in so much as, you know, you'd see your granny get an envelope in the post and you say, what's that? Oh, I've won at the premium bonds. And she'd take out, oh, what I remember as being like a voucher that you would get to spend in a shop or something like that, but it would say £10. How does the prize pot work nowadays? So, so they, they used to send out the, the winnings by cheques. And I, I used to get, like, well, years and years ago, I worked in the Skipton Building Society. And back then, I remember, you, you used to get, quite a number of folk would come in with their, their checks and a lot of them were just small amounts, but you'd get the odd one that won maybe a thousand pounds. I think I'm sure I, I remember seeing somebody that won 5,000 at, wow. at one point as well. The, the way the prize pot works is at the minute, the, the interest rate is 1%. So all the money that they've got pulled in premium bonds, 1% of that is paid out as, as prizes. So, so again, 1%, 
actually more than you get in, in a lot of banker building society accounts mm. at the minute. But so instead of paying any interest, all that money goes into this prize pot. Now, each month, NSNI pay out around three million prizes. So there is quite a quite a lot of prizes get paid out. The winning bond numbers are generated by a random number generator, and it's called Ernie. So you, you might have heard a folk mentioning Ernie yes. before. So that, yes. that's where that comes from. But the prizes range from £25 up to the, the kind of jackpot or the main prize, which is a million pounds. So th- there are millionaires made by, by having premium bonds. But like I say, the odds are winning 34,500 to one. It's... They, you. If you were going into a bookies, the the I don't know the, the odds aren't a great, are they? That's, that's a <laughs> You've got better odds than Scotland winning the European Championships. That's for certain. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope anyway. Um, yeah. Now, do you um, do you pay tax on these prizes? I seem to remember that you don't. Yeah, all all the returns on any prizes that you win are all tax free. So again, that's that's another Bonus. good thing there. So, but what I would say with, with premium bonds is it, the the money is easy accessible, tax free. It's something that you can have fun with, but it's something that it gives you a bit of hope, does it? That, that's one of the, the things with them. And, and, and because the money is easily accessible, that, that's one of the good things. I mean, so I, one, one thing, when I used to advise people on their finances personally, I used to always say to them, look, you need some money accessible in case of emergencies. Now, the instant access accounts at the banks, the interest rates are, are pretty poor. Just now, I mean, the national savings and investments themselves have got like a direct saver account and it pays an interest rate of 0.15%. So the interest rate is just poor. It, it's not good at all. So if you've got money that you want to keep on instant access, hey, a lot of people will be like, yeah, let's just try this and see if we win a prize, great. If no, we've not really lost very much. Mm-hmm. See, that, that's the thing. You can't trust me to remember too much, but if there's a chance of it being tax-free, there's a better shot that I'm going to have it at the back of my mind somewhere than not. <laughs> now, I'm wondering, because there is a sort of element of prizes and not gambling as such, but I'm wondering if kids can open these accounts, Phil. You, you can open them. They, they can be bought for children under 16. Now, until the child's 16th birthday, a parent or guardian named on the application looks after the bonds, regardless of who bought them. Now, most premium bonds for kids tend to be opened by parents. However, anyone can buy them for, you could actually buy them for someone else's child. Only a parent or guardian can manage things once it's set up. But I, I've seen a lot of like grandparents maybe gift money to the kids and they'll put in premium bonds. I, I've seen that happen quite a lot. So yeah, kids can have them. They, they can't open them themselves. Somebody else has got to open them on their behalf and one thing you'll find is usually it'd be good to speak to the parents to let them know because they're going to be the one that would manage it but uh, you, you might also need to get id if you're opening it up on behalf of someone else because the nsni will do checks their money laundering checks at, at that point so yeah kids kids can have them anyone that premium bonds wouldn't be suitable for phil i, I would say that they're not suitable if you want an income. So a lot of people will invest money and then draw an income from it. So because you're not guaranteed any prizes, it wouldn't be suitable in that circumstances. If someone wanted a guaranteed return, again, it wouldn't be suitable for them because they, you don't know if you're you're going to win any prizes or not. And also, if, if someone wanted to have a joint account, they're not suitable because you can only open them up just in an individual's name. How do I find out if I've won? I mean, how do you check your prize? 
The National Savings and Investment have got a, a price checker online. Now, when, when you open up premium bonds, you'll be given what's called a unique holder number. So you, you punch this in to the, the price checker and it'll tell you if you've won. But they, they're starting to become a lot more almost modernised these days. I mean, they, they've got apps available. So um, you, you can get an app for on Apple at the App Store or Google Play for Android. So you can actually check here if you've won on, on there. You, you can actually now enable something on your Alexa device and, and ask it if you've you've won on the, oh, really? the premium bonds and it, it would tell you changing with the times. And yeah. I, I mentioned as well just earlier on that they used to send out the, the prizes by checks. These days they prefer paying the prizes straight into the winner's bank accounts. And I, I was looking at a statistic just the other day, 88% of prizes over the last year have been paid to, to winners either straight into their bank account or they've converted them into more premium bonds. So mm -hmm. you'll find some folk will win and they'll say, right, let's just buy more premium bonds at that point. But again, their capital is guaranteed, so they've always got that money should they, they wish to take it out. This isn't the only way you can invest in uh, in NSNI, National Savings and Investments, is it? Yeah, I mentioned, I mean, they, they used to do a lot of like different monthly income bonds, um, growth bonds. They, they don't have so much accounts at the moment, but they, they do have a few other ways to save. I mean, I mentioned earlier that direct saver account, which is just an instant access account, but the interest rate on that, it's a poor 0.15% is the, the current interest rate. Now that can change depending how interest rates are going, but it's really quite poor. Their, their cash ISA, they, they've got, they, they call it a direct ISA. Now you, you can put up to £20,000 in an ISA and they, anything you make on that is tax-free, but it's paying a measly 0.1%. So, I mean, it just is. The, the interest rates are pretty dreadful at the minute. Their, their junior ISA, so that's for, for people under 16, it, it pays 1.5%. So it's a wee bit more. But the, the national savings and investments just now, their other accounts, the interest rates aren't great just now. I had this rich uncle once, Phil, and he used to visit me from Sweden every now and again. And one time he came across, he said, right, I'm going to put some money and I'm going to set up a, a bank account in your name. And I thought, oh, fantastic. And he paid £100 into a national savings and investment account. Yeah. Specifically because I got this book. And I, I think back then the deal was if I wanted to get money out, I could apply at a post office and it would take a month before they would send send me the money out. So that, that was the deal. But the interest rate, I remember, was slightly above what the national interest rate was at the time. So if you put in money, guess what the interest rate was? When, when would that have been roughly? Oh, you'd be looking at about 1988, let's see. Oh, let me see, 9%. <laughs> That's a good guess, Phil. I, I, I mean, that really put you on the spot there. <laughs> The, uh, the interest rate at the time was 10% because it was above, just yeah. above what, what banks, and that's kind of what they do, isn't it? They, they go just above uh, yeah. what the banks are, are, are offering. It was a 10% interest rate. Can you believe that? It was ever it's, a time. You know, back then, I mean, like when, when I was a kid at school, it, it was the same. Back at that point, interest rates were, were higher. So you had more, more incentive to save. Now, exactly. I suppose if you've got a mortgage, interest rates being low is a good thing for you yeah. because you're paying less interest on your debt. But... It is. It just when interest rates are that kind of 0 0.15, 0.1, even one percent, it's not really a great incentive to save, is it? That's that's no, exactly. a thing, and that's why 
premium bonds, like I say, it gives you a bit of hope that you might win a prize and could hit, could strike, get lucky. Yeah, Ernie could be sending you a telegram. <laughs> now, each week, so far as we've covered various topics, Phil's given us a look back over his own life story and how it's been affected by the subjects we've been discussing. So, Phil, today, premium bonds. I, I've got premium bonds. I couldn't tell you how many or but I, all I know is they, they were bought for me, I think, when I was born. Um, someone gifted them to, to us as, as like a, a baby yeah, yeah. sort of yeah, yeah. gift when, when I was born. As far as I know, I've never won. But I think back then they were £5 ones. So I mentioned earlier, it's now minimum of £25. <laughs> so that's going up over, over time. Maybe that shows I'm getting on in years that it's changed with, with that but so as far as i know I've, I've never won but hey you, you never know i might just get that call one day which would be nice there you go a million pounds uh, but uh-huh. we always do we always do this bit as well you, you find inspiration through various people that you admire and you do love a quote i know have you got one that fits our subject matter for this episode on premium yeah. bonds yeah the quote of the week this week is from someone called george bernard shaw and it's in gambling the many must lose in order that the few may win. <laughs> and I, could, I thought that was maybe quite appropriate, given that the odds are, what was it, 34,500 34, to one <laughs> for every pound. So the odds aren't great, but hey, somebody wins. Someone has to. Now, Phil is really keen on trying to help you with your financial queries. If you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask them anonymously if you wish. Let's get on to this week's contact details coming up in a moment. I'll give it to you after these. Here's our first question. I have an investment ISA that I set up with a St. James Place advisor. I'm not happy with the performance over the last few years. Should I cash this in and take another ISA with somebody else? One of the things that I would say that you should consider is you, you can do what's called an ISA transfer. So, so you can actually transfer your ISA from one provider to another. If you do that, it means that you can still have access to your ISA allowance for this tax year. So, so you're allowed to, to pay up to £20,000 in an ISA in each tax year. If you were to take it out and then invest it again, that uses up your allowance doing that. So I, I would certainly say it's worth considering transferring it if you don't need the, the money for, for anything. The other thing just to check as well, and, and this goes with any providers, is just to check that there's no exit charges with your provider. Now, as far as I know, St. James's Place only tend to have transfer penalties on their pension contracts. I don't think they normally have that on the ISAs, but I would double check that just before you, you look at doing anything. So it's always worth reviewing your investments. I, I'm a great believer that I mean, you, you should be reviewing things like the, the charges on your investments, the performance of them. It's also good as well just to, to kind of have a review and say, right, what's your kind of outlook to risk and capacity for loss? A lot of advisors will call it as well. So I'm always a great believer in sitting down with your advisor and, and just constantly reviewing things every year or two. Yeah. What's your capacity for loss? <laughs> oh, dear me. I don't think mine's very big. Uh, next you know, is... I'd say a, a, a lot of the times they often go on about like it, all, all that risk warnings is like, oh, your investments can go down as well as yeah, up. But yeah. as far as I used to often say, it's like they can go up as well as down. That's that's the thing. <laughs> but it is, it's all geared to think being more cautious is it all the, yeah. the risk warnings next is abby in Kultarlity who says i recently listened to your podcast on green mortgages have any more lenders started to offer these 
they, they, they have, the, there's been a couple more came out in May of this year. Virgin Money launched a, a green mortgage for new build properties. So, so that was good to, to see. In, in England and Wales, there's a company called Landbay. Now, they're a, a buy-to-let, a, a specialist lender um, in that sector. And they, they've actually launched a range of green mortgages incentivizing energy efficiency on rental properties. So, yeah, there, there have been more options coming out for, for that just in the last few months. Just as a reminder, Phil, on green mortgages, I mean, I think it's probably fairly self-explanatory, but what exactly is a green mortgage? And is there a, like a standard criteria that you have to achieve in order for it to be known? Yeah, I mean, some some lenders would do it. If you're buying a property and it's it's energy efficient, some lenders will give you maybe a discount on the interest rate to, to kind of... What they want to do is they, they, they're trying to promote um, almost kind of environmental issues, um, so, so that's probably the best way to describe a, a green mortgage. It's one that benefits the, the planet, really. So but what lenders are doing is just offering an incentive to, to like eco-friendly properties and ones that are energy efficient. Would you say as well, before you get in touch with a question, you might want to look at our back catalogue because we've covered a fair few topics so far, including green mortgages, did an entire programme on that, and we might have touched on what you're interested in. I'm John Millis. Thanks for joining us today for the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. If you feel you need a helping hand with anything we've been talking about or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for Finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or on the Facebook page for the show, search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. That's Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. Or why not email Phil a question that he can answer on a future show? His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send him your question. And Phil could be answering that in an upcoming podcast, like I say. And please be assured, we won't use your real name if that's what you prefer. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us. And please subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. And then you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. you get all links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. And thanks for listening. Thanks, John. Have a great week.